Pastor Xavier Reese, observing humbleness in the presence of a sovereign God, lying in a manger. Mary gave all glory to God. She and her spirit rejoiced in God. Listen, my Savior, this is Mary speaking, she's acknowledging her own sinfulness, her own need of a Savior, and that Savior is in her womb, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. As Mary is approached by the angel Gabriel saying she is with child, she knows she's hearing something beyond human capability. Yet her question, how shall this be since I have no husband, is not prompted by doubt or skepticism, but by wonderment. She's a true hearer of the Word, and she immediately responds with faith and trust. Mary's prompt response of yes to the divine message is a model of faith for all believers. And that's just one of the many simple truths wrapped up in God's gift of His Son, Pastor Xavier shares in today's special Christmas message. Let's listen. Luke chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 26 to 56, and the message is entitled, Mary Bore Jesus. We began with the revelation of Gabriel to Mary, 26 to 38. Notice in 26, The visitation of Mary is declared clearly. The particular angel is Gabriel here, declaring, Rejoice, highly favored, the Lord is with you. The rejoicing here was to be that God graciously and sovereignly had chosen her. She was not to be afraid, but to know that she had found favor with God, she would conceive in her womb and bring forth a son. And she was to call his name Jesus. Jesus is the Greek name of the Hebrew name Joshua. Joshua is the contraction of Jehovah Shua or Yahweh of salvation. What does the name Jesus mean? Yahweh of salvation. Remember John says that the word became flesh and we beheld his glory as he begotten of the Father full of grace and truth in John 1.14. In 34, the petition asked by Mary was natural. This is a real world that is being recorded for us here. This is not Hollywood, but a real occasion. How can this be since I do not know a man? That defies human understanding. It's called a miracle. The proclamation declared by the angel was, it is God's work. Look at 35. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. This has nothing to do with man. It has everything to do with God. The personal consolation to Mary is given in 36 and 37. Elizabeth, her relative who was barren, had also conceived and was six months into her pregnancy. Elizabeth is her second cousin. Elizabeth's conception and hers were God's doing again. Nothing's impossible with God, 37 tells us. God will often visit each of us as Christians throughout our lives that we might be his instruments. And each time, we must choose if we are going to yield. He does not, nor will he force you. He initiates. He waits for my response. He wants me to trust in him and not in myself. He wants me not to lean to my own understanding, but in every way to trust in him. God calls us despite 
and in spite of ourselves, not because of ourselves. And he's more interested in um, my readiness to be obeyed and to honor and to bring glory to him than myself. And I'm privileged to be able to be one with God. What a privilege to serve him. This was the revelation of Gabriel to Mary. The second movement comes in 39 through 45. The jubilation between Elizabeth and Mary. 39 through 41, Mary went her way to see her cousin Elizabeth. And um, she journeyed from Nazareth to the city of Judah. And um, the manner of departure, notice, was with haste, uh, referring to the earnestness of her mind and diligence to visit her relative Elizabeth to see what the Lord had wrought for her. She has just been told. She's been bearing all her life. We get the record before uh, in the beginning of chapter 1 here. And God has allowed her in her old age to be pregnant with John the Baptist. He would prepare the way of Jesus Christ, the forerunner, the voice in the wilderness, as we said. And Elizabeth was well advanced in years as Zechariah, chapter 1, verse 7. Kind of like Sarah. You know, all the wives of the patriarchs, do you realize they were all barren? God had to intervene to have them conceived, to make sure that everybody knew that it wasn't just a human event, even though he gives us that potential and ability as human beings to reproduce, but that God had to intervene to make sure that it was him that was doing this. Elizabeth was in her sixth month of her pregnancy now. Now, notice in 41, Mary's voice caused the babe to leap in Elizabeth's womb. Elizabeth was fulfilled with the Holy Spirit, and the prophecy was that John would be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb in chapter 1, verse 15. So you've got a confirmation going on here from God to both of these women, being very conscious of what's going on and and being the interpreter of what is going on as God's activity. At that time, the spirit bearing witness with their spirit that the work was of God. She speaks. She recognizes the mother of my Lord. In other words, the babe in the womb of Mary is superior to the one that's in the womb of Elizabeth. And she articulates her submission her adoration. In 42, Elizabeth confirms what the angel Gabriel had told her. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, the son of the highest, the son of God, was in Mary's womb. And in 43, Elizabeth confessed her unworthiness before her, confessing her privilege. Listen, but why is this granted to me? Confessing her to be the mother of her personal Lord in verse 43 there. Then in 44 and 45, Elizabeth celebrated her experience with Mary. She told her of the correlation between her voice and the babe leaping in her womb. She's interpreting prophetically the fulfillment at that very moment. She spoke well of her for believing God's messenger and that all would come to pass in verse 45. You remember Gideon. He was sent by God down to the camp of the Midianites. 
that he might hear the dream of one of the soldiers there to confirm God was going to use him to defeat them in spite of their huge number compared to Israel. He sent them down, and he allowed them to hear to encourage him to believe and trust the faithfulness of God. And so here, how do you respond to the things of God that he calls you to do? Is it with haste? Or do you procrastinate as a Christian? Nehemiah, you remember, prayed in Nehemiah 1.11. He was the king's cupbearer, Nehemiah. Used to taste the wine and the meat for Artaxerxes in case someone wanted to poison him. And um, he prayed that God would use him as he was a cupbearer. That very day, he said, but Nehemiah knew that God would have to deal with the heart of Artaxerxes because he couldn't just leave. But he was willing to be used right there and then. He didn't say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the king's cupbearer. Lord, you're going to have to find somebody else. There's nothing difficult for God. Nothing impossible for God. But God is looking for a heart. Am I, am I willing? Am I ready? Am I open to say, Lord, do to me now? Too often we're saying, well, you know, as soon as I get with, done with this job, you know, right now I'm just getting a house. I want to do this. You know, I just, I'm in between this and that. And, and you know, and, 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 it's, and then it's an, a year goes by and five years go by and 10 years go by and, and, and we still haven't allowed God to use us in the most significant way, which really is to reach to the non-believer to communicate the simple and clear loving gospel of Jesus Christ, first through our lives, then through the word of God. You bear witness with the spirit of other Christians as you um, serve in the body of the church, confirming the work of God, rejoicing over the diversity, how God calls different people and gives different people, and the amazement that you see it happen every week in your church as God puts it together and he gets everything done and he brings people and he just continues in month after month, year after year, decade after decade, and he saves people and he equips people and He's glorified through it. Are you amazed at God how he does it? <laughs> We're not to compare ourselves among ourselves lest we be unwise, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, 12. But to thank God for each other and to be in awe of God and how he does these things and gets them all done. Do you recognize and rejoice in the place and honor God has given to others? Or are you envious, jealous? Jesus said to take the lower seat, not the one in front, lest you be asked to sit in the back. But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher, that you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you, Luke 14, 10. Humility, abasement. Rejoicing in what God is doing through the life of others. This was the jubilation between Elizabeth and Mary. Rejoicing over what God had done. Notice thirdly, comes the exaltation of God by Mary. Here's the climax. This is, this is just the crescendo of the whole section here. 46 to 56. In 46 to 50, Mary gave all glory to God. Now, this is Mary speaking. Elizabeth's out of the picture. This is Mary. She sang a song known as the Magnificat, 
in the Latin Vulgate. Some have compared this to Hannah's song of triumph in the face of um, her enemy, uh, the other wife of her husband in 1 Samuel 2, 1 through 10. She and her soul magnified or declared the greatness of the Lord. Mark that well in verse 46. She and her spirit rejoiced in God. Listen, her Savior, my Savior, underlined that, verse 47. This is Mary speaking. She's acknowledging her own sinfulness, her own need of a Savior, and that Savior is in her womb, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. Mary was not a perpetual virgin. She was not sinless. She had other children, Matthew 13, 55 and 56, and other passages declare this very, very clear. Of course, they would be stepbrothers and sisters to Jesus, same mother. They had Joseph as their father, but Jesus did not. Notice she acknowledged in 48 her own lowliness and God's sovereign choosing her that all future generations would call her blessed. She's in awe of it. She's, she's amazed. She's humble. She's not boasting or declaring that women should call her or demand it to be declared blessed by God. Not that she was the source of blessing. She's blessed by God. She's not the dispenser of blessing. She just declares she's a sinner in need of a savior like anyone else. That would be a complete contradiction. In 49, she declared God who is mighty had done this great thing for her and he was holy. What did Mary imply when she said, my savior? That she was not holy. Now, she was sexually pure, but not holy in terms of sinless. She was a human being just like you and I. The pregnancy by, was by the power of God, not human. The holiness of God ensured the purity of the work. And she proclaims the mercy of God on all who fear him in every generation. In verse 50, then notice in 51 to 55, Mary gave witness to God's past works of glory. She doesn't glory in herself. God has been strong against the imaginations of the proud, verse 51. God has removed the mighty from their thrones and exalted the humble, verse 52. God has met the needs of the poor and removed the things of the rich, 53. God has helped Israel, his servant, in view of his mercy, 54. Mercy is less than we deserve. Grace is what we don't deserve. Law is just what we reserve. People at times say, well, you know, I think I'm a good person. I, I, you know, if God judged me, I think I would do okay. Really? Justice is what we deserve. Who, who wants justice when you are talking about your own life to be judged according to your works? And you have to remember that God knows every thought that comes into your mind and heart, and he knows the motivation behind everything. We only see the deed, the act. He knows the motive and the thought. 
before it even comes to our head, the psalm says, from their origin. So nothing escapes him. Who, who was able to pass the judgment of God in this auditorium? Not one of us. It has to be completely by grace. Look at 55. He did all this in faithfulness to his covenant with Abraham. This is the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham. This is the fulfillment of the promise to Adam and Eve. From Adam and Eve, we go to Noah. Noah, we go to Abraham. Abraham, we go to David. David, we go to Jesus Christ. You have the genealogy all connected. And then lastly, look at 56. Mary willingly gave of her time to Elizabeth. They're just cousins that love each other. And there was a great age difference, too. But there's a great love and respect and concern. And yet it's the older who humbles herself to the younger. Did you notice that? She stayed with her three months, completing her ninth month. Mary would be three months pregnant at this time. Whether she was present at the birth, we're not told. It doesn't matter. And she returned to her house. She returned to her house to be looked down by many all around her town. Mary became the talk of the town, being with the child during this one-year betrothal. To bear the sword that God had pierced her heart with as she dedicates Jesus. But she said, your will be done. Be it according to your will to your maidservant. Listen to this poem. I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I asked for help that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I asked for, but everything I hoped for Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I am among all men most richly blessed. Author, a Confederate soldier, a godly man. We have to never lose sight that God has um, placed himself as this incredible treasure in this earthen vessel like Mary and like you and I who are born again, that the excellence and the power may be of God and not of ourselves, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Before we were Christians, we gloried in ourselves. We gloried in what we did. We, 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 we loved the attention. Now we're to bring all the glory and praise of the Lord Jesus Christ and to take the lower seat. We have to always remember the past work of God in and through our lives, lest we be prone not only to take the credit, but to trust in our own strength. 
Paul the Apostle, speaking to the Ephesians, says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. In Ephesians 2.10, and he goes on to share, put on the armor of God. His power. There are certain things that we are able to do, not very difficult things, and things that we may be strong in, but, but my true weakness is not shown in my strengths, but my weaknesses are shown in my weaknesses. In those things that I really don't like to deal with because I know I can't do them, so I evade them. But often God will call me to those things that I cannot do so that he receives the glory and that I come to the end of myself and know firsthand that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. He gives me these opportunities every day. The more we walk with God, the more we are accountable to God. The more we're to decrease, the more he's to increase in our life. We have to serve one another being used of God, out of God's agape love, that we may be able to communicate the grace of God and the love of God through the gospel to those who are lost. Somebody was praying for you. Someone ministered the gospel to you because they caught the vision from heaven and they were obedient to their orders to be light and to be salt and to be ambassadors for Christ. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone perfectly trained will be like his teacher, Jesus said in Luke 6.40. If Jesus, being God, emptied himself of his glory and took on the form of a servant and came down and washed feet and allowed people to mock him, to blaspheme him, to spit upon him, to buffet him, to whip him, and to put him to death. Who are we to say, I, I, I won't do that? He's our example. Are you ready to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow Jesus every day as Lord and Savior? It's a daily decision. I take the test every day. <laughs> Sometimes I flunk. Sometimes I pass. But God is so gracious, he's there to pick me up and to say, let's get moving. Let's go forward. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. God loves you. He became man. He died for your sins. He rose from the dead. And that everything is done. And that you, if you agree with what I just said, and you agree with the words of Jesus, then you can be saved. He will forgive you of your sins. He will give to you eternal life by grace through faith, that not of yourself, but it's a gift of God. This was the exaltation of God by Mary. How good God is. Incredibly good. So here you have the threefold movement in the Annunciation to Mary of the birth of Jesus. The communication from God to Mary, the relation between Elizabeth and Mary and the exaltation of God by Mary. One, two, three, he lays it out. Not a story, but history. God became man. 
Pastor Xavier Reese and a lesson of humbleness through Mary to teach us of the glory of God in the gift of the Son. Simple truth so timely to this season of Christmas. Now you can share this important message with your friends and loved ones. Just ask for the study titled, Mary Bore Jesus. It's available on CD for just $4. And by the way, we'll be including everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is Mary Bore Jesus, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com